Good morning, listeners, and welcome to this week's Ag Report. I'm Jim Finn. My guests this week are Sean Cooney from Chagas, Damien O'Donoghue from Nina, Liam Morris, who comes from Douala, and my final guest this morning will be Kathleen Vickers, who is the manager of the Psycap programme with South Tipperary Development Company. My first guest this morning, listeners, is Sean Cooney from Chagas. And uh, Sean is uh, going to uh, fill us in on a few dates and some of the schemes that are out there uh, that are particularly open at the moment. Good morning, Sean, and thanks for joining us. Morning, Jim. So I suppose, Jim, I'm just going to, as you said there, I'm going to give a quick overview of a few small things that are happening at the moment. Mm -hmm. So the first thing I want to mention there is that the organic scheme is open at present. Um, So that's open to any farmer that wants to join organics. Uh, It's closed on the 8th of December, so we've a sharp, sharp uh, time frame for getting into that. I suppose if anyone is considering it, they they need to get in contact with the certification body or an or, or a local ad, or organic advisor. So I suppose that's the first thing with organics. The second scheme I want to just talk to you this morning about is Acres Tranche 2 is currently open at the moment. Um, so that's open until the 13th of December. So again, if any farmer didn't get into Tranche 1 in Acres or didn't apply for Tranche 1 in Acres, they have a second bite to the attorney now to go to, to apply between this and the 13th of December. Again, if you're considering this, um, I'd say to you, get in contact with your advisor as soon as possible. The ACRE scheme, for anyone that doesn't know what ACRE means, it's, it's an agri-environmental scheme. It replaced the previous class. The second thing then is for people that are in tranche one in ACRES, um, and they're in a CP region. These are regions of high value, of, of high value importance for nature. Um, the department had these areas um, ring-fenced. Um, there's what we call NPIs, so these farmers can avail of extra monies in tranche one by doing additional actions. These include things like fencing, uh, solar solar um, pumps, uh, gates, water trucks. They would have all been briefed at the local meetings, and the deadline for that is the 6th of December. So I'd say to anyone that's in CP, if they want to avail of those additional monies for the actions, they need to get in contact with their advisors as soon as possible. So the next t- uh, thing I just want to mention then is um, for any farmers that have uh, um, new entrants into the irrigation, they have to do mandatory online courses. And I just want to bring, bring to your attention the dates. So Monday the 11th of December, the grassland course is going to be. Thursday the 14th of December, the sustainability and climate change is going to be. And Friday the 15th of December, the nutrient management. These will be online courses. Um, and basically, we'll be texting out farmers in the coming days. But I suppose if you're in any doubt, just contact your advisor, and he'll he'll uh, mm-hmm. he'll, yeah. he'll put you in the picture with regard to that. So that's I suppose that's 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 where we're at with the with the few small things that with with regard to schemes and that that's going on at the moment. Um, the next thing, Jim, I'd like to just draw farmers' attention to is um, I suppose uh, is soil sampling. Right. Um, so. Farmers that are, I suppose, the time of the year we advocate farmers to to maybe uh, to take soil samples, and I suppose there's a simple reason for that. Uh, they haven't been spreading slurry or fertilizer on the ground at the moment, so it, it, it's 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 an ideal time to do it. So farmers that are in acres at the moment, uh, they need to soil samples taken. So we're advocating that farmers would get those taken as 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 soon as they can. Uh, farmers over 
and an organic nitrogen figure of 130 are obliged to have site samples taken. And it also states farmers that are in derogation to check to make sure that the current soil samples they have are up to date. If they're not, they need to they need to they, they may need to resize sample um some of their ground. So of course soil sampling is very important, Jim, all, all across the board. And uh, before you go any further, Sean, uh, soil samples, uh, they're in date for what, five years? Four, Jim. Four, okay. Yeah, okay. yeah. So um, I suppose anyone that was in glass previously at the mm-hmm. New Acres program, they all their soil samples are out of date. So I suppose everyone that's joined the Acres scheme definitely need to get soil samples taken between this and I suppose try and get them done before we spread stories so we get accurate soil samples. Okay, and I presume some farmers would have already, that are in acres, this year would have already have taken soil samples anyway, anyway and they're good for another three years. Yeah, so okay. I suppose then just to, just to bring to your attention then again, I suppose the, the soil water today for spreading mm-hmm. that is the 10th of December, so just to anyone that has any bit of soil water spread, just to let them know that that, that, that uh, date is, is approaching. Um, just, I suppose, in a technical note, Jim, just to, to cover a few things I see out there with clients as they're coming into me off the street at the moment. Um, mm-hmm. the, first, the first one would be um, just a small bit on, on, on silage. So, as you know, we've had a particularly wet year to date. And we're, a lot of farmers are probably a month ahead of where they usually be this time of the year with regard to their, their fodder reserves in, in eating into them. I'd say I'd be urging farmers at the moment maybe to take stock of what, what silage they have in reserve at the moment. See, have they got enough to get them through the winter? Um, I suppose the spring will dictate a lot of that. But what I'd, I'd also encourage farmers to do is take a is to take a, a silage sample because mm-hmm. I suppose this ultimately will determine um, what level or what amount of silage stock will need. And I suppose the other thing is if they have to substitute concentrate with the silage during the winter period to, to reserve or to try and conserve fodder, this this having this result will 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 allow them to allocate. Uh, adequate amount of concentrate. So that's just, that would be just a small thing I'd say to you. The second thing then, uh, Jim, with regard to animal health, maybe, I suppose, so look, it's been a, it's been a wet year, as I mentioned already. Um, so I suppose what we're seeing and what we're hearing from, from farmers that have sent cattle and sheep to factories is that they've been getting back liver samples and they're seeing a high incidence of liver flu. I suppose this is, this is understandable with the wet year. So, what we're saying to farmers there is, um, especially farmers, sheep farmers or farmers with uh, stock out would be that you use a product with triclobendazole in the active ingredients that covers the three stages of loop. So that's what we'd be saying to them guys. And I suppose the other thing then is a lot of stock are housed now with probably the guts of months. So I suppose it's a good time to, to go in with their warmers. And and then the other thing to remember there is to, is to just treat for lease. So for during the housing period. Right, okay. And uh, I suppose dairy farmers will want to be considering the usual annual vaccination of their cows at this particular stage? Yeah, so look, I suppose um, that the big one there we see in the beef side of the house is the IVR at the moment. So a lot of of guys have been vaccinated weanings for IVR, but I suppose ultimately every every farmer needs to take stock of, what, of, of their animal health program and I suppose review it on an annual basis with the vet and now, now is not a bad time to do it. I suppose just as you mentioned, uh, as you mentioned the dairy guys, I mm-hmm. suppose the big thing out there would be that any guy that's drying off cows, if he's using a, a dry cow tube to maybe do a sensitivity test and, and make sure that he's using the, the correct uh, dry cow 
to, to dry cow to the correct family of them just to make sure he gets curate over the dry period. Okay. So, other than that, Jim, I think I don't. I think that's that's my tips for this uh, month. You know, I think that's your text for this month. Okay. Before I let you go, again, you'll probably be aware that you know that we should be asking farmers particularly now that the dark nights are coming in to be extra careful uh, around farmyards so that we don't have any accidents yes yeah, so i suppose look jim the big thing there i suppose is um or what i see in at farm level is just make sure there's adequate lighting around the yard mm-hmm. and i suppose minimize the amount of trip hazards and you know, I suppose it's easier said than done. A lot of dry stock farmers in particular are, are, are working part-time, so it, it, a lot of their work can, can, can evolve around the night. So I suppose the, the lighting is, is, is a key thing, I'd say, for farmers to watch. OK. Well, look at Sean. Thanks very much for joining us this morning and telling us all those dates that are very important coming up and then uh, tips for what farmers should be doing at this particular time of the year. Basically, they're tips that prepare you for the spring of 2024. Thanks, Jim. That listeners was Sean Cooney from Chagas. Listeners, my next guest is Damien O'Donoghue. And I suppose as we come up to Christmas, there's going to be a lot of events on people raising money for various charities. And Damien is with me to talk about a charity that he's involved in to raise a bit of money. But first of all, we'd all like to know who Damien is. Good morning, Damien. Good morning, Jim. How are you? And thanks very much for letting me come on and, and talk about this fundraiser. Okay. Now, who is Damien O'Donoghue? Well, I'm from Nina. A lot of people who know me, I'm involved with various different groups and uh, community organisations. But I'm also a musician. And right. that's why I'm involved with this particular event, um, which i go into in a minute. But... Um, yeah, I uh, live in Nina, born in Nina. I uh, right. moved away for a few years, but I came back a good long time ago. But yeah, I play music, uh, Jim, and oh, that's okay. fundamentally the reason. Uh, what kind of music do you play, Damien? Uh, so at the moment, I have a two-piece with a girl called uh, Joanne McQueen. Um, mm-hmm. So we do workshops around town um, for right. different organizations, and uh, we're involved with that. And uh, yeah, it's it's some modern music, some folk music, a bit of a mix, just guitar and voices, you know. Do you do a bit of gigging? Do a bit of gigging, yeah, we mm-hmm. do indeed, and uh, well, we played actually uh, for an event you were at recently, the Nina Art Centre, and uh, you know a few other events like that. We played in the tourist office recently as well for another council event. Okay, oh, so you played at that Ukrainian celebration? What was it back in uh, yeah, that September? Was co- yeah, a couple of months ago it was Ukrainian yeah. Independence Day. Yeah. yeah, so we we started open proceedings, and then um, the event kicked off after we were finished. Rightio. So you said there that you're involved in some charities now, and of course, you're with me to talk about one of the charities. You want to talk a little bit about Silver Arch. Tell us a little about them. Yeah, so Silver Arch is who we are raising money for at the event. They're a great organisation. They're located in Nina. They have parental supports, family supports, services for older people, community development schemes. And uh, importantly, they have low-cost counselling, and that's the reason why uh, the person... A friend of mine contacted me and asked me would I be interested in making some money for them because Silver Arch helped them out a lot during a very difficult time mm-hmm. in their life. So I said that, that that sounds good and we said we'd organise a kind of a Christmas busk. The idea sort of came from the, the, the Dublin City busk they have in Grafton Street on, on Christmas Eve, although this won't be on Christmas Eve, this will be December 22nd. But um, yeah, so we said you're just a fantastic organisation. They help people and at the time my friend didn't have a whole lot of money and the low cost counselling really helps 
And uh, I know others who've used the service as well. And like I said, they're a great local service to have. Right, okay. And as you said, they're in Silver Street, so I gather Silver Arch comes uh, from uh, the name of the street from which they're in, I gather. Exactly, yeah. And there's an archway as you go down Silver Street, yeah, that's right, they're in there. They're, yeah. in, they're in the arch, yeah. I, I happen yeah. to know where it is, yeah. Okay, yeah. now, you say you're going to go busking. Uh, so where are you going to be situated in Nina on the 22nd? So we'll be, it's between uh, 3 p.m. and 6 p.m. on the 22nd, right, okay. Friday before Christmas. And we'll be on Quinton's Way, which is in between Supermax and Easton. So we'll be up near the, the um, Pierce Street, mm-hmm. up near the top uh, for the three hours. And we'll have a kind of a busking celebration. And we've got a few different groups involved. We actually have a great variety. We have um, Jennifer School of Music is going to come and some youngsters are going to play. We have choirs from Puck on Port Row. A young man called Callum Bellahunty, the singer-songwriter, he's going to sing, and I'm going to perform myself with Joanne McQueen. We have a duo, and we'll play as well. So that'll be the, the three hours, and we just hope maybe to lift the Christmas spirit. The choirs will be, will be lovely, and um, I'm just generally looking forward to it. It's always nice to have music on the street, I think, before Christmas. I presume the choirs will be uh, playing uh, the usual Christmas songs. Yes, like, There's a, they have a lot. Of, they have a lot of Christmas songs. I've been told, uh, yeah. and maybe carols. But uh, I'd be expecting yes. you to be singing Chris Ria songs more than uh, Christmas <laughs> carols. Would I be well, right? I'd have, to, I'd have to ask. I'd have to ask Joanne. I mean, she can sing pretty much anything. But um, yeah, we, we'd have a few Christmas songs, maybe a few Christmas carols as well, and yeah. maybe, maybe a few uh, mainstream songs along with them. Is this the first time that you have busked in Nina, or? In your career? Uh, well, actually, I was involved with the Black Santa appeal the last two Christmases. Uh, we, we played some music outside the old Dunn stores, which has now been fixed yeah. up. So I have done a bit of busking before on the street, so I, I'm mm-hmm. sort of used to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, this event itself is for uh, Silver Arch, so it, it's different and it's on the 22nd. So it's, it's a new event. We'll see. We might do it again next year if it goes well. But uh, we haven't done this event, but I have busked myself before. Yeah, myself and Joanne did actually the last two Christmases. You said earlier in the in- interview that you uh, went away from Nina for a while. Was it music mm-hmm. brought you away from Nina? And did you? Uh, well, no, I, I moved to Limerick as soon as I finished uh, school. All oh, right. I went, I went into college in UL, yeah, and I yeah. moved in there, and I was there for a long, long time. I worked, I did all the courses I could, and then I worked in the in the college for a good few years. So I stayed in Limerick, but then I moved back to uh, Nina when I was about uh, twenty six, twenty seven, and I've been here since. Right. You didn't busk in Limerick, did you? Uh, no, I never busted Limerick. No, they wouldn't have me in there. And what was the main thing you studied in UL? Uh, so just... I actually studied uh, history. History? Um, yeah. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. I ended up uh, getting a master's in history in there. And then I um, worked in the college in the history department for a good few years. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I'm currently working on a, a history book about Nina. I did my dissertation for my master's on, on Nina Town. So right. I'm just trying to put that together at the moment. I'm sort of busy at the minute, but um, I'll get to it. So right. that's what I'm doing at the minute, yeah. Right. Have you any notion that you write a book about the history of music? Uh, I never combined the two, really. Didn't you? Um, it was always... No, I didn't. No, no. I never thought about history of music, to be honest. It was always... Local history is what interested me. Uh, but you know, it's an idea. God knows where where yeah. where I'll end up. Like uh, we've been yeah. writing, so you know, it's, it's, it would be actually an interesting idea. Yeah, wouldn't yeah. it now? Uh, particularly yeah. maybe yeah. the history music in North Tipperary. Yeah, 
Yeah, that would yeah. be very interesting. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Look, I, I played music around before. I used to play a lot of traditional music with oh, did Norman you? Quaid from, from McQuaid's shop and uh, yeah. Christy Hayes and Sean O'Connor and a few other local musicians we used to play a good bit. So, uh, yeah, I've, I've played a few different strands of music, different, oh. different kinds of music through the years. Oh, oh okay. And uh, will you tell me, um, Damien, of the Irish traditional musicians that you know in your lifetime, who, who mm. would be your uh, role model? Uh, <laughs> I'm putting question. you on the spot now. Aren't I? Well, you are, because I know a lot of them very well. Um, <laughs> so I've seen a few great musicians in Limerick, but there wouldn't be role models. Like I, I went to see Seamus Begley, I went yeah. to see uh, the guys from Blanksty, Andy Irvine, Donald Lunny, Lee Mufflin. They played in Limerick through the years, the years yeah. when I was in uh, college there. They're fantastic musicians and role models. But locally, I mean, traditionally, Mm-hmm. Could be Noel McQuaid and Christy Hayes, really, that I started playing with originally. Right. Uh, Noel was a lovely banjo player, and Christy, Christy was a former All Ireland accordion champion when he was a young lad, mm-hmm. and uh, he uh, he still plays the accordion so well. So I suppose the two of them traditionally would have been the people I learned the most from. Okay, and of the instruments then, traditional instruments that you play, what do you play? Mm-hmm. So I play guitar mostly, but right, if I'm okay. going to traditional music, I used to play a bit of banjo, and um, yeah. I do play bazooki as well. You know, that Greek instrument that Planksty kind of brought into the Irish <laughs> traditional music scene. So I play a little bit of that as well, but mostly if I was going somewhere, i just bring my guitar with me, but yeah. on special occasions I might bring the other instruments. Yeah, there's a great, pre- uh, there's a great piece on uh, bazookis when b- bazookis played. Do you know that piece? Oh, right, Yeah. <laughs> Okay, look, before I let you go, Damien, will you uh, give us the details then of the Silver Arch fundraising event that you have on, on the 22nd again, so that listeners will, will have no doubt, but they know when this is taking place in Nina. Yes, so it's December 22nd, it's a Friday before Christmas, 3pm to 6pm at Quinton's Way, Christmas busk for Silver Arch, and we look forward to seeing as many people as possible there. And there's more than yourself. There is indeed. Yeah, there's a, a good few of us there. Yeah, there's a committee of us who have organised it. Yeah. Okay, and uh, there will be many groups playing. And so, yeah. listeners, if you want something to do on the Friday before Christmas, uh, why not drop into Quinton's Way and hear Damien and his friends and the various qu- two choirs from lo- local choirs playing music and to raise money for the Silver Arch Family Resource Centre that's there in Silver Street. Now, listeners, following on from my interview there with uh, Damien O'Donoghue, who is uh, raising money for a charity in Nina, I now have Liam Morris, and Liam is no stranger at this time of the year to this programme on Tip FM because Liam and his team, they raise money usually for the uh, South Tip Hospice at this time of the year. And some of you may know what's coming up, of course. Liam and the team do tractor runs. Good morning, Liam, and thanks very much for joining us. Thank you, Jim, for having me on today, this morning. Okay, Liam, we're all a year older. <laughs> we are, yeah, and yes, so. <laughs> right, and uh, you're still having very fancy tractor runs for charity. We are. This year, again, we're holding our annual tractor run from Cashel to Care. Uh, in Care, we'll turn, they turn on the lights in Care tonight at 6 o'clock, and we take the tractors and lorries and cars and whatever comes up through the town and for in a light display 
everyone puts on fan, a few lights on their tractor, extra lights and so forth. So we'd be hoping they'll do it again tonight and that. Right, okay. And that. Yeah, so we're talking about the tractor run is tonight. That's uh, this Saturday. Where are you going from, Liam? We're leaving uh, the Dublin Road in Cashel. Right. We'll assemble around four o'clock and we leave at half four to get down to care. We're being care just before half five. We'll settle there on the Cork Road there. Just stops us just a little up from the BMW garage there and that. Right. And we'll wait in for, we have to wait for Santa Claus, you see. All right. So you have Santa Claus that's coming as well. God, we better tell all the children that Santa, oh, yeah. Santa Claus is dropping in to care this uh, this evening uh, sometime is, after yeah. six o'clock or before six, yeah. sorry. Before six, he'll be, yeah. he lead he lead the parade up through the town. So right, does, okay. As usual. Right, so you're coming down the old Cork Road. That's correct, yes, yeah. Right. That's it, Jim. We're coming in there, the old Cork Road. and that Most of the lads know how we assemble there opposite the BMW garage. We're up along there. Yeah. And you're co- do we, they come in from all over. We have, say, the Walla Clown is running it. Uh, right. And that, we're start, we assemble and we bring a few lads down from Cashel. They come in from Care, Golden, Ballyluby, all around the surrounding areas, down around Care. It's a great night for Care. Yeah. We have a big crowd out and there's prizes then. We give out an old prize there for the best lit up tractor and the best lit up lorry and mm-hmm. that, you know, so... Just to make it interesting for the people that's coming. Okay. And how many and do that. you expect as far well, as lighting up their tractors or their lorries, Liam? Between all, last year we had, was it, we didn't quite make the 50 last year. Right. We thought we would. We got 49. We were right. hoping that we could make 50 this year. Right. So. Well, yeah, we should look at all, the weather permitting as well. So if there's anybody listening, listening to us this morning and they haven't, they have decided that they weren't coming, can we try to persuade them that they could spend the rest of the morning putting the lights onto the tractor or the lorry and join you? Uh, you could, yeah. To be, if, if they do a good job, it'll be worthwhile. There's always good prizes to be given yeah. out. We get, we get sponsors there from a few people around now. I can't remember them all offhand, so I yeah. won't mention them because I'll be leaving out someone and it wouldn't be nice. So we have good, nice prizes to give out for the best tractors, the best cars, the best trucks, and that, and uh, it's a good. It's a. It's. A, I tell you, it's. It's a lovely night out. So it is because you have all the people. They enjoy the tractors and coming yeah, up the course. town with the lights yeah. on, and the whole lot. And especially when it's dark, mm-hmm. everything looks looks ten times better. No matter how, how little you put on. Yeah. You know, last year I hadn't time myself. I had a lorry out. As I done was, I turned two a row of lights across the front. It looked, it, it just lit up the lorry a bit. Yeah. So hopefully we'll do a little better this year. <laughs> so I will. I, I'm, sure, I'm sure you will. You mentioned yeah. the Ploughing uh, Association in Douala. How is that going? It's going well now. We're going very well. We had, mm. we had two people from the the from the say the our from the Wallace Club this yeah. year ploughing in all Ireland. Jared Leeson was ploughing there and myself I was ploughing myself as well, so in the in the trailer vintage. Right. So and another thing we'd like to, anyone's we'd like, anyone's interested in that, they can if they 
he's any of the lads around the wallet there, they'll organise them to join in the club if they want to. Okay, it's a wonderful, it's a wonderful skill. The skill of ploughing, there's no doubt at all about it. Are you a little bit worried that, that given everything that we're being told about climate change and protecting the environment, uh, they now want us to do minimum till, so ploughing would be something that will suffer? I could a little, but uh, the people always, the people always plough. We always plough the little plot at the back of the house as the people did years ago and then hopefully it'll go back to that eventually get your own little plot at the back of the house and sow your own vegetables things like that and plowing for that is it makes it worthwhile you know yeah when you have a nice few fresh vegetables yourself you don't have to be a great plowman to join the club uh, to plow right okay. when i started I, I, ha- I had no tractor. I knew nothing about ploughing. When I, when I, for I, the man I worked for years ago showed me. And I forgot all about it then. The one got ploughing. And the plough out of the ditch and we ploughed with that. But we came nowhere. But was a, the people you meet when you go ploughing is unbelievable. Oh, that. Yeah. Of course, they're, look at the salt of the earth. Uh, sure, I, know yeah, my, yeah. I know myself yeah. from going out. And now, mm-hmm. okay, I don't go to local events, but... As you probably know, I always go to National Ploughing Championships, and I suppose you'll be doing a bit of practice now to get back to Rataniska, will you? We will, yeah. We're hoping now to get out again to be after Christmas now, mm. and we're out. I think the next ploughing match we have will be early January, and hopefully the weather is suitable for that. And are you happy that it's back in Rataniska? Yes, it is great. Well, it's near for us now, yeah. sunny driving a tractor up I do I can go up in an hour and an hour and a half and with a track drive up the tractor an hour and a half so not too bad right right yo. <laughs> and you said it's the vintage that you're ploughing yes I do I'm okay give us give, give us an idea now of the equipment that you have then well I have a Ferguson 35 four cylinder which right. is 1958 uh, I have a ransom number three plow, which I bought there a couple of months, about two months ago. All right. Got it in from I got it in from England, so I don't know the year of it. All right. Well, it's, I, a, it's not on. It's you have to pull it on the hitch. You have to pull it on the hitch. Yes. Oh yeah, that's that's yeah. that's that's really going back to us. That's that's going back. That's before hydraulic lifts. It is. Yes, it's going way back, and the only. The only problem we have, there's very few around the county mm. down with yeah. vintage, tra- with a trailer plow. We'd like, I'd like to see a few more coming out. There's, them plowers are in, at home in ditches and places. Pull them out, like, you know. Yeah. But she'd have two wheels then, wouldn't she? She has, yeah. That's right. There's two wheels and this little hole I put it, cleats on one wheel, which is... We'd call to make it the drive wheel for to lift it up. Right, okay. Rocket and it keeps going when you're going around. When you pull a little handle, the plough will lift up out of the ground itself. Right, okay. Very, very, very interesting. I must go and see that sometime. I have a, an interest myself and, and yes, a bit yes. in the vintage and uh, yeah. 
OK, uh, I don't know an awful lot about Massey's. I'd have been a David Brown man myself. <laughs> there's good there's people playing with David Browns. I know well. there are. <laughs> there's very, very old ones too. I know. and You couldn't get to the end of it, an old David Brown. Anyway, oh. before I let you go, would you ever give my the details, Liam, of this wonderful event that you have on, t- on this evening and running into the night, yep. really? OK. Right. Well, it's uh, tractor run, truck run, car run, whatever you have, come on. Outside in the Dublin Road in Cashel from 4 o'clock to half 4. We'll leave at half 4. We'll head to care. We'll meet up with a few more in care on the Cork Road there, just down up from the BMW garage. And uh, we'll parade up through care then around 6 o'clock. And all our proceeds is going to South Tip Hospice. And uh, listeners, if there's any children listening to Liam and myself this morning, our mums and dads, and they want to bring their children to see Santi, Santi will also be arriving in care. He's going to lead the march or the tractor to tractor run into the town of care. That's right, Jim. That's right, yeah. Listeners, that was yeah. Liam Harris. And Liam is a member of the Duella Ploughing Association. Listeners, the Social Inclusion and Community Activation Programme in South Tipperary is managed and run by the South Tipperary Development Company. And with me, I now have Kathleen Vickers, who is managing that particular programme for our South Tipperary Development Company and uh, the local authority, uh, LCDC as we know them, that arm of the local authority. And they have been doing wonderful work in South Tipperary over the past five, six years. And Kathleen would like to let all my listeners know how successful the programme has been in South Tipperary. And you may be aware that the same programme is being run in North Tipperary by the North Tipperary Development Company. Good morning, Kathleen, and thanks very much for joining us. Morning, Jim. Nice to speak to you again. Now, Kathleen, tell us about the success of what we call the SICAP programme, which is uh, short for the Social Inclusion and Community Activation Programme. Uh, yeah, it's a bit of a mouthful, um, but just to maybe... Um explain initially what the what SICAP is and what we do. So part of our role is to support local community groups and social enterprises and the other piece of what we do is that we actually work with individuals. So really what the programme does, it's an, it's aimed at to reduce poverty, promote social inclusion and equality. So if I talk about the, the community groups, um, mm-hmm. we work with fledgling groups that are just setting up and we also work with established groups. So things like Meals on Wheels, Meals Assist, um, and we do a lot of work with men's sheds, uh, specific interest groups, women's groups. Um, we have a Syrian community group down in down in um, Tipperary, um, which is uh, facilitated by Knock and Rawley Resource Centre. And we do a lot of work with the residents associations and networks. So basically what the work is, is If it's a group that is just starting out, we would give them advice around, you know, their constitution, Mm -hmm. their governance, um, you know, building their capacity to provide whatever they have, uh, you know, whatever their aims are within the community. And then we continue to work with established groups that are out there, you know, doing really good work in the community. 
Um, we do have a small um, grant fund that we, we run as well for groups just to, um, you know, purchase equipment, etc. So, in a nutshell, that's what we call the um, our first goal, goal one. And under goal two, we work with individual people. Um, and I think when I was speaking to you about the TOOS programme, I talked about people that maybe... Um, you know, they have to meet a particular criteria, but usually it's, it's, um, it's they've been unemployed for some time. And what the development officers would do is work with that individual to um, access training, access employment. Um, now, sometimes this can take a while. It depends on where the person is at. Um, you know, there's no judgment. Some people, I think I spoke again when we were talking about the TOOS programme about what COVID has done, you know, the great mm -hmm. disruptor um, in relation to people's lives. So people may have found themselves out of work with COVID um, and not really knowing how to kind of get back out there and, you know, an upskill or get employment. So um, the development officers would work with people on an individual basis. And as I said, it could be for six months, 12 months, or I was even talking to an officer the other day that was working with um, a young woman for three years and now she's, um, she's finally gone into full-time employment, which is, you know, really good news. So basically, in a nutshell, that's what SICAP do. Um, there's a bit more detail to it, but that's that's what we usually do. Um, so yeah, that's SICAP. Bit of a complex program, but um, we, we provide uh, we're basically supporting communities and individuals. Right, and you do that across the area of uh, Southbury Development Company, which is the three municipal districts down in the southern part of the county. So. If you then, Kathleen, were to look back on, we'd just say the last year, you know, what kind of success have you had? Okay, so just to, to clarify as well, mm. in Tipperary Town, we, um, there is a partnership with Knock and Nolly Resource Centre, so they provide psychic supports as well. Mm -hmm. So they would actually cover Tipperary Town and the hinterland, just to, to clarify that, and we cover the rest of South Tipperary. So we've helped in excess of 40 um, communities, um, we work with organisations such as the Public Participation Network. We work with Tipperary Volunteer Centre, who are very helpful in um, finding volunteers. That's been, um, as you know, um, because of the Ukrainian war, we have um, a number of Ukrainian people living in South Tipperary now. So a, a lot of our work has involved supporting the, um, the refugees mm -hmm. to you know, in the kind of the primary needs around health education, and we are very much now moving into community integration. So in the last year, Tipperary Volunteer Centre have helped us out immensely with falsary stock volunteers. Basically what that is, we're running English classes in Clonmel and Dundrum, um, Dundrum Hotel for the Ukrainian community. And Tipperary Volunteer Centre has been referring volunteers to us and that's been very successful and a big thank you to the Falsh Stock volunteers that turn out every week. Uh, we, we also need more, so I'm just putting that out there. If anyone is actually interested, they can contact us. Um, we are very much moving towards community integration now. So we ran, um, over the last year, we've run four community integration events for the Ukrainian community in Feather, Dundrum, Killinall and Clonmel. And I have to say, Jim, we, was, we were very heartened at the response from the local community in supporting those events. Um, it was really nice to see on the night, because sometimes you really don't know until the night comes who's going to turn up, what support you're going to get. Mm -hmm. But for, for all four events, we were, we were blown away by the support from local communities. And we know that, you know, connections and friendships have been made through those integration events. Um, we've continued to support um, the local community groups. A lot of work done with Men's Sheds. 
Um, and I know that there is a, a network between North Tipperary Development Company and South Tipperary Development Company, Paddy and... Um, Michael. I'm sorry, Michael, sorry. Paddy and Michael are working closely together to, you know, share the, share the information, share the knowledge. So they, they, get, they get together every quarter. We do a lot of work with the residents' associations as well. So things like providing um, solar lighting in mm -hmm. a, a memorial garden down in Carrick on Shore, um, just ensuring that um, the big big piece of work around the local community group is ensuring that they're in line with um, any kind of legislation. You know that they have their offices in place. All that, mm -hmm. all that kind of back back room stuff that needs to be done, we support people with, and we do get a lot of queries from community groups when things uh, things come up. We also support social enterprises. Um, so we would support them again, capacity building and grants. Um, in relation to individuals, we just continue to work with individuals. We ensure that they are signposted to the, you know, to the right mm -hmm. uh, training course that they're interested in. The target groups that we work with um, would be long-term unemployed, migrants and asylum seekers, disadvantaged children and families, travellers, Roma. Um, youth, lone mm -hmm. parents, and low-income households. So it's that's a huge, it's a huge diverse group. Um, but those are the, the groups that we would work with, and also those that are disengaged from the labour market. So you would have people that have been carers for many years but are looking to get some part-time work, and obviously the new communities and um, the Ukrainian community. So it's a mixed bag. Um, but this development office is very skilled. Um, you know, it's a confidential service. Mm -hmm. You know, anyone that comes to, you know, who accesses PSYCAP can be guaranteed that they'll meet someone that's empathic, someone that will work with them at their pace. Mm -hmm. And there's no kind of time limit around PSYCAP. And um, one of the things that we, we've highlighted in one of our articles recently was around um, a guy called Liam Clear that actually accessed PSYCAP mm -hmm. a couple of years ago. And he felt so comfortable with the actual... Um, development officer Hillary that he was speaking to that he disclosed his issues around literacy. So long story short, she pointed him in the right direction, she supported him and he ended up doing an ETB course and he's just published a book um, mm -hmm. called From the Back of the Class which, uh, you know, congratulations yeah. to Liam to get, getting to that to that level. Um, so he launched that a couple of weeks ago. He's now a twos participant. He's right. working in the Ballingarry area. Um, so I suppose that's um, a very human story about what PSYCAP can do for people. Um, right. You know, he, he very much said that he felt so comfortable with the officer that he felt comfortable to disclose something that people may be, you know, ashamed of, which they shouldn't be. Mm -hmm. uh, but you know, he didn't get the opportunities in life, and you know, many people that come to us just have missed opportunities, or you know, life has thrown things at them that has made things very, very difficult. So again, that's some of the work that we do with the with the individuals. Okay, Kathleen, would you buy into this particular phrase that that I heard at a PSYCAP, a national PSYCAP event um, during the year? But one of the PSYCAP managers in Dublin region said, "PSYCAP is an uh, is a program that's full of stats, but behind every one of those stats." is a human story. Absolutely. And it's something that we talk about at meetings mm -hmm. that, you know, we have to have statistics. I understand that. It's linked to funding, etc. But we don't really capture um, the good stuff. 
Yeah. And, you know, sometimes people really struggle um, within the PSYCAP programme. But, you know, we don't walk away from that. You know, we, we identify what's causing those struggles and try to support people as much as possible. But, yeah, that's absolutely true. Yes, we need statistics. I'm not against statistics. It's how we we learn. It's how we evaluate. It's how we, you know, we can justify our funding. But definitely, there's always a human story. And it's very, very difficult to capture that. It's not tangible. Unless you can get, you know, people like Liam that were confident to come forward and talk about his experience and get that out there, you know, it's one way of doing it. Okay, well, look at Kathleen, we're running out of time. Anybody listening to us this morning uh, that would like uh, or feel that the PSYCAP programme could help them and give them, the, uh, I suppose, the lift that they need at this particular time, what do, what do they do or how do they contact you and your team? Okay, so we, we have a website. You can contact us through the website, but if you just want to pick up the phone, um, do you want me to give the telephone number, Jim? Yeah, please. So we're based in Care on the Coheen Road, and our number is 052-744-2652. So if you ring that number, the receptionist will, will help you out and uh, refer you on to the right person. Okay. Well, Kathleen, thanks very much for joining us and giving no us problem. all that information. That listeners was Kathleen Vickers who is the manager of the Social Inclusion and Community Activation Programme, i.e. SICAP, with the South Tipperary Development Company. That, listeners, is Ag Report for this week. I hope you enjoyed the show and that you'll join me at the same time next week. Coming up next is the news at 10 o'clock. And after that, Emma DeWire presents Down Your Way.